exactly does it mean to share your hotness? We all have our own unique spark. We are burning out of control like a wildfire, attracting attention, but is it the right kind of attention? All around us are people who are campfires. They don't get as much attention, but their story, their signature spark, their heat that attracts us close to them, those stories need to be shared. On this podcast, we're sharing their stories. Their stories of resilience, overcoming, how to find joy, happiness, everyday people who found their spark and made their life amazing. Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with my guest today, Anne Wait. She's in studio. So say because I want to make sure your name is said right. Michelle Masivic, your okay. sales diva. So you just told me you were a Latina, mm-hmm. but your name is not a Latina last name. It's not because my dad's a Lithuanian. Lith- so I'm happy That's what I would have thought because I thought Polish or mm-hmm. something like that. So she's just exotically hot. So I feel sorry for all of you guys that you're not seeing it in person because my I'm having a really good hair day too. Yeah, she's single. She just kind of, but you just went, just went through all that poop. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, she's not <laughs> ready yet. It's hard. Cause how long are you guys married? We were married 14 years. Well, she was just saying how people make assumptions because she's, you know, it's okay to wear a bikini in her Latina culture, but guys, she's not loose. So don't be getting that idea. Okay. So, um, anyway, I met Michelle at a local networking group called Connect Utah South Valley, and I have been exactly one time. I'm glad you went to meet me. Thank you. I just went to meet Michelle. And this was my first impression of you okay. because I, I just had foot surgery. So my schedule was more open yeah. because of having had foot surgery because yeah. I couldn't drive myself places. And so I, I didn't like walk into the room like I normally do. I kind of like gimped into the room. Yeah. Right. And it was really tight. And so I, obviously I was feeling a little bit like, ah, I got where to put my scooter and my wheelchair and all these kinds of things. And I was like, it's okay. I don't have to be a light because Michelle's got it. You are like me when I can walk, <laughs> just so you know. But she, and then she shows up today wearing cheetah, which all you don't know, but cheetah is my favorite color outside of garnet. If I have to pick one color, it's garnet. Oh, but cheetah is my favorite color. You should mix those two together. I do often. That's really mm-hmm. cute. Cause I, I like remember it. how I can't do the hot pink. We were just yeah. discussing Did that. You see my Range Rover outside. Ah, you have a hot pink Range Rover. I do. Stop. <laughs> You're going to find my vehicle really sexy. You know what I drive? What? A minivan. I love it. I have a minivan too. <laughs> no, but I, I love, love that minivan in a way that's not right. I have a funny story on my minivan. So they gave me a free car. Uh-huh. I do nonprofit work with the homeless. Very And cool. it was a crashed minivan. It was old. Uh-huh. And it's a funny joke. So I'm like, I'll never drive a minivan when I have kids because I'm from California. And I always right, make like right. trendy little cars. And they gave me this car. And I'm like, you know what? That little Range Rover carries nothing. And I'm driving around trying to get like donations. I can't put anything in that car. So I got the the crash fixed. I did the oil change. I spent a little bit of money. Uh-huh. And I painted it Tiffany blue. Yeah, so I, have a I want to paint mine thing. camel green, but my husband is like, no, but <laughs> one day he's going to get his dream car and then he's going to come home and it's going to be too late. It'll be camel green. And I'm going to call it the green machine. I love <laughs> it. No, I love it. We're branding. You're just yeah. like full of energy and you wear your brand on your sleeve and you walk in your house. Right. Same feeling. And I'm the same way. It's like, I am who I am. Exactly what you say. Take it or leave it. Every part of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I love it. And people are always like, Lita, how do you like, just keep, and I'm like, because I'm not putting anything that's not what I am. Exactly. I'm just naturally this way. And 
I have, I'm either on or I'm off mm-hmm. and I'm just loud and big and mm-hmm. people used to hate it. Mm-hmm. And now people are like a moth of the flame. They're not sure what to do with it, but it is what it is. Now I want to make sure we get to the juicy stuff okay. because Michelle has tons of things. One, I didn't know you don't do stuff with the homeless. I do stuff with the refugees. So we have that in common too. Yeah. We're both hot. We love cheetah. We have huge, <laughs> big hearts. I really am an empath first. I have one thing people don't know about me is my heart is so huge that I can drive by someone and I don't really care if they're on drugs, they're cold and they're mm-hmm. sitting there and they're human. Right. They well, that's what Christ human experience asked there. us to do. Yes. And it's really more for us mm-hmm. than for them. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't describe myself as an empath because I don't, um, I don't carry the weight mm-hmm. of people's bad experiences. And maybe for me, that helps me to be like, I can just love you. Oh, that's good. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. I can just Boundaries. love you and I can like not judge you mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But you know, if you uh, steal from me, then I can't keep helping you. Yep. You know, yes. Yes. without being angry You're about at it. boundaries. I have become good mm. at boundaries. That is, that's a whole other life lesson right there. But you, um, because I met you that day in Connect Utah, I had to like unfriend someone to find a space for you. Oh, Cause I was like, I got to see what this girl's doing. And I sent you a message. Cause I was like, I didnn't want to like not have a space for you. And I was like, like message you, I think one or two times, like I just sent you a friend request, please accept or something oh, like yeah. that. Because I didn't want yeah. to like, not to lose that spot. Yeah. Oh, you know? So- yeah, no, so like when you get going so quick, we don't even know what's happening sometimes. <laughs> but I, I think I sent you a couple like, hey, you loved me. <laughs> did I get you in there? You did. Yes. We're, we're Facebook yes. friends. Now I'm on that capacity again. I'm like, I gotta go through Well, that. I've been at capacity for a while and, you know, we just, we just have to change our profiles over to the, you know, the, the checkmark people and then you have more capacity. No, I'm a checkmark person. But you can have more people easily follow you. You don't have to accept it. True, that's the purpose. following. Yes. You know they don't I mean? become friends. You're still like at a cap for friends, but they can follow you. Right. But yeah. it's easier for them to do that. Like okay, it just kind of automatically that. happens where they, you know, it's like they go to your page and they're like, oh, follow instead of like friend, then they have to have it set in their algorithms oh, to like, yeah, you just taught me something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can still message people that are your friends and you can still, I just, I've resisted doing it. Yeah. It's a lot of noise out there. Just being in charge of all the social media outlets the right way is a full-time job. Oh, <laughs> yeah. like, so you don't have an assistant or anything. I have nothing. It's so just you're me, just like single mom of two, like doing, executing the sales, showing up for the consulting meetings. I like live networking. Mm. This is why when I go to new networking events, I'm not trying to be stuck up. I don't have time for more one-to-ones. Mm-hmm. I don't even have time for the people I really do want to see. I right. have my very packed schedule. Right, right. And then I appreciate my alone time. I appreciate my fun time with my groups Absolutely. and I show up for people's birthdays. All that's important to me. Right. So, Your actual community. Yes. Which I think it's, it. I don't think it's stuck up at all because I do something similar. Yeah. One, I won't meet with men one-on-one Okay, because I'm not willing to send men the message that Cause I'm friendly like you we're friendly and I just don't want to send that message and then put my position where I have to slap you or anything like that. But you know, for me, my time that I'm willing to work is limited. Exactly. So something that I say to people, cause Boundary. networking would be work mm-hmm. is when they say, Oh, I just want to pick your brain or whatever. Mm-hmm. I say, well, that's 150 an hour. And they're like, Oh, and I, I think I initially charged like 40 or 70 mm-hmm. or whatever. And I've worked my way up to make it a bite. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, oh. See, but you're, you're strong enough to say that beyond 350 an hour. Yep. There I would go. never say anything because I'm an empath. So it's like, if I said that, they could be kind of stuck up. Da, 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 da. Oh no, no. Do you know what I mean? But this is what I say. No, so I'm going to give you more wording. Yeah. Okay. Help me. So in order for me to say yes to you for free, yes, I have to say no to my husband, oh. my children, my paying clients or my charity work. Which of those that I say no to 
to say yes to you. And I think exactly like you, but I don't say it. I just assume people need to have respect and not take three hours of your time in the corner Mm -hmm. when they see that you're running late. So I thought it was a culture thing here in the state where they just come. I'll be, I'll literally say, I have something in five minutes and they'll come and corner me and start going. Right. I don't have any like, because my personality is very aware of everything. So I'm like, right. You said five minutes. Okay, go, go, go. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've, and I've, I've, um, I've been in a lot of different states and the thing that I've noticed here, and I hate to rip on our fair state, Mm -hmm. but they'll be like, cause I sell makeup, you know, and before I was writing the books and doing the speaking, which people seem to respect, they Mm -hmm. didn't respect the makeup Mm -hmm. thing. They'd say things like, Oh, so you don't have a real job. They said that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they'd be like, well, you can schedule it because you don't have a real job or you're just home with your kids. And I'd be like, excuse me, my time with my children is more valuable than anything. You've got something to say. Yes. And I think that it's not guys per se. I think we women have a lot to go in teaching other people how to prioritize time. And when you answer the phone for a friend, you go, oh, I'm just with my kids. What did you just say to your little daughter in the room? Or your son in the room. A hundred percent. Right? Yes. My children know and your children know we can 100%. do anything. Yes. But we choose them first. That is powerful motherhood. Yes. Right? Yes. And so having this idea that, oh, I have plenty of time for whatever because I'm just with a three-year-old. No, you're formulating how they see the world. I left $200,000 a year with insurance, with a car, with a gas card, all because I wanted to go breastfeed and stay home with my first child when I came from California to Utah. And he was telling me I couldn't. And I go, but what is the reason? My my deal is the boss. He was, I came here as a director of business development, so I didn't have a boss, but the sales manager got a sales rep spot. He should be my boss because when I first moved here, women are not movers and shakers like me. Mm-hmm. So 14 years ago, I stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Yeah. My suit on ready to network. Yeah. They have networking lunches with men. They're like, I need to bring my wife. I'm not allowed to go have a networking. <laughs> well, lunch you're a little hot. So there, that is a problem. I <laughs> like in my little head. I'm so innocent. I'm like, Oh, well, you're married. Perfect. Yeah. I am too. I didn't carry the way I was right. And just right, doing right. anything like that. But but I can see it now. It's like, why put yourself in that situation? But it's like, it's flattering, I guess. But I didn't know at the time. So right, like, right. Well, especially like in California. It. Yes. Um, it's very but normal. it is a beautiful thing that people protect the marriage. Yes. Because the marriage, I would never want someone to walk by me in a business meeting and go, oh, Lita's with him. Mm-hmm. I thought she was married to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, I, you know, true. you might reach out and tap somebody, that kind of thing. And that's probably the, the hyper-religious you know, thing. And the Georgia was the same way. And how I got into personality science and gender science and ethnicity science is I teach that actually. I tell people that there's different ethnicities and we touch. Doesn't right. mean that Latino, Latina culture. We kiss, we say hello, yes. we touch you. We're like, we're very mm-hmm. like maybe flirty, whatever it is. But in my head, being myself, right. I don't feel like I'm anything inappropriate. But to everybody else I come across may be inappropriate because I'm with tight dresses on and high heels and running yeah, around. But you're not showing off your tatas. No. Unless no. you're in a swimsuit. But I've seen your social media. You dress very alluringly, but not slutty. Oh, yes. yes. You know what I'm I mean? Very classy. Because I've never seen your nipplage. Oh, no. You yeah. know? That's yeah. trashy. But that is trashy. That's what I'm saying. That would be slutty. But like but showing there's nothing little, wrong the dresses are wearing a big deal in California is my point. It was right. always hot. We were all in shorts and no one right. knew anyone's religion. We were a melting pot of everything. Right? <laughs> right. So it's not like I was like, yeah. I'm going to offend this or that. When I moved here, because I'm very aware of social cues, I have very high emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and I did research on 
your religious state, like LBS culture, what they expect, what they're like. I remember going, okay, I'm going to make sure I wear my suit. I'm going to leave my Starbucks cup outside when I go into the office. Oh, wow. I'm going to make sure that they, they ask me about a ward. I'm going to just kind of just because I will never lie. I'll say, oh, yes, I go to my Christian church. It's SMCC. But I was already prepared. The thing I wasn't prepared for is girls in the neighborhood came over to say hi. They knocked on my door. They were all LDS, the girls around. They were so friendly when I first moved there. So I go, you girls should all come to my Halloween party. So I, this is me. I'm an empath, right? I want everyone included. I'm a gray area. You know, there's black and white. I'm gray. Right, right, right. I can think of all the reasons why all the stuff is good and bad and whatever. So I'm all like, based on that personality, that's bad. Based on this one, it's not. Based on that culture, it's bad. Based on this one, it's not. That's how I hmm. think, right? That's a lot going on. A lot. Yeah, a yeah, lot. But I can help <laughs> any argument or any big problem. I can help people by explaining the other side of what they might feel. So for Got example, it. I have this party and I go, I'm going to have this juice with no alcohol over here. Perfect. Yeah. To make sure that it's far enough away from another one, but I want them to have alcohol, people that want to drink. Right, right. So I had both yeah. and everyone came. And I could feel the energy that the, that the LDS friends of mine that don't drink were acting very nice, nicer than the others, but they never came back. Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I, I got very acclimated to, and to everybody's nice, nice uh-huh. on the, sweet to you at yeah. first, nice mm-hmm. on the surface. Like you feel like you're going to be a part of this huge family. But then I realized that it within their own right, group, right. they're like that, but they weren't really like that with me once they found out that I'm more open-minded to not having these strict rules. Yeah. And you know, but I didn't being, judge them either way. Being of the LDS faith, when yes. I moved here, I joke that I went through a culture shock yeah. because yeah. I've lived in nine, well, nine other states. Mm-hmm. So this is my 10th state, even though I grew up in Provo, but at New Hampshire, Michigan, mm-hmm. Alaska, Arizona, DC, like literally every and quadrant of the country. And we, where I have been fired from jobs because I was warmer. What? Yeah, I had a boss walk in one day and he goes, Leah, I just effing heard that you're an effing Mormon. Are you joking? Uh-uh. And I was like, and he goes, is that effing true or something like that? And I was like, and I just remember being like, yes, sir. And he's like, pack up your effing desk. And so I'm like putting my stuff in this box. People hating on Mormons. Oh, well, it, just think it's different. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah, that was in Georgia. Like, that was a problem. That's really weird. Cause I would think, oh, they're trustworthy. They're right. It happens, you know, and you'll get teased and that kind of thing. But it kind of pushes you in the religion or out. Yes. And so I came up with something that I call spiritual inbreeding. Because when I lived, so when I lived in Oklahoma, this mm-hmm. woman came up to me, and I just had a miscarriage, and the predominant religion in that area is different than mine. And she came up to me, and she grabbed both of my hands, and she said, "You know why your baby died?" And I think she's going to say something beautiful and Christ-like, and you know, he's in heaven, and oh. you know, kind of thing. And I was like. You know, just kind of like open to like receive this love that I really needed because, you know, I just lost a baby that was four months and three, almost three weeks. I'm sorry to hear that. So one, like 10 days more, it would have been considered a baby. But because it wasn't past that five months, it was considered a miscarriage. So I'm in pain. And she goes, because it was, the soul was too pure to come into your evil Mormon womb. And it was one of those moments that I almost went really? to my knees because I was so like, I opened up to like, hear the beautifulness. Aww. And then literally God was like, kind of taught me this principle mm-hmm. that I've labeled this. And over the years of living different places, I've encountered different tribalistic things, which this is going to be really mm-hmm. exciting to talk to you about that. I realized that we all are having kind of our group 
-hmm. And every area kind of has the predominant group. Like Mm -hmm. if you're in Boston, you better be a Patriots fan. Mm -hmm. Like this is what's going to happen. If you're not a Patriots fan, you are going to experience persecution, right? People are going to make fun of you. They're going to tease you. They're going to be a little cold with you on something as silly as sports, Mm -hmm. right? And it's that way everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Social media has just made it where we all get to argue with each other's different cultish groups, right? Yeah. So spiritual inbreeding is if you belong to that predominant religion of that area, you get further and further away from the doctrine because you're further and further in the culture. Got it. Right? Yeah. So you, I, when my boss fired me for being Mormon, of course I was going to get unemployment. I didn't even, it was a sale job. You know how those are. I just let it go, you know, just forget and let go, whatever. Uh, And um, I'd only been at the job for like three weeks or something. But the point was that of course that night I was hurt and I started going over, why do I believe what I believe? What is it costing me? And you start digging in and thinking through, do, is this important to me to pay this price? Wow. Right. So if you're a teenager growing up where everyone's like, oh, you guys, (laughs) you're going to like dig in deeper to figure out if you believe that or not. Mm -hmm. And so all this arguing just makes us dig in deeper. Mm -hmm. But when you're part of the predominantness, you're just kind of doing your lazy Mm -hmm. because you're not really being challenged. Mm -hmm. And so those people who are super nice, I bet they are nice, but they just are socializing where it's easy and nothing's challenging them. Yeah, but what's great about being friends with me is I'm the one that's not letting cuss words on the TV if your kids are over. I'm the one that's a helicopter mom. I'm watching what they're doing. I'm helping them with better conversations. My point is what you are fear, what you fear could be so good for you because it's a whole new way of thinking that could help your kids think well outside the box. My kids, (laughs) my kids were exposed to all different kinds of people. And it was really sweet because there's this man that they've always known is Uncle Dave. Mm -hmm. And he almost married my sister married someone else, you know, this whole thing, but he, he's always been involved, super involved with scouts. And one day he came over and with, with his new husband or his new boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I had not even told my kids, Oh, by the way, Dave's come out. You yeah. know what I mean? I didn't say anything. And they were like, Oh, so great to meet you. Oh, that's great. Dave's always been amazing and greeted this, you know, his boyfriend yeah. just like they would have. Did if, he, did he introduce as his boyfriend? Or oh yeah. They were holding hands. Oh, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I love that my kids are like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. It's like, well, what do you Because mean? you learn to take people as people. Yes. Right. And when we are labeling we all people by that. their religion yes. or by their sex or by their orientation, we are missing. What's the name of my business? Um, Diva out, sales. Out of the box consulting. Oh, out of, I was like, oh, it's a test. But they call me the sales diva, but out of the box consulting is because you cannot put every, anybody in a box. Yes. And you can't, I can't look at you and say, oh, she's LDS. So she's going to be all these ways. Right. Or she's not. She's all these ways. hundred percent. What we're doing to each other is shooting ourselves in the foot. We're leaving revenue on the floor. We're, we're leaving our dream husbands over there. We're leaving yep. friendships. We're leaving the most rich life you'll ever imagine. If you would just be very aware that every single person does not fit in a box. hundred percent, you know, because I, I hate those personality tests mm-hmm. and I love them. Yes. One, cause they can reveal a little bit more of who you are. Mm-hmm. But again, the fear is they put you in a box. Yes. You know, they, and they, why is it fearful to reveal who you are here? Let, let's, let's dissect that because that is really the work I'm here to do. Why yeah. are we ashamed to feel anything? Like, why should I be ashamed that I'm showing nine inches more of a thigh 
than less of a thigh because of short shorts versus long? Why should I be ashamed that I add to conversations? It doesn't necessarily mean I'm an alpha and I'm going to derail men. Or why should I feel? Right. Well, it's people from insecurity mm-hmm. that we are making labels. Mm-hmm. You know, we're exactly. putting titles as a way we compensate for the lack of, right? If I, yep. if you, um, have you ever seen the movie Cool Runnings? Yeah, it's been a while. Yes. Yeah. But there's a quote from that that like was one of those like core quotes to me Mm -hmm. that said, if you're not enough without it, you'll never be enough with it. 100%. Right. Yes. And I had a situation in my life where I went from quarter of a million a year to 45,000 a year for giving up an opportunity that they was an all or nothing and they wanted me to accept it. And I said, no, and it would have been $936,000 if I said yes. And they kept saying to me, like, you can't afford to walk away. Well, I could afford to walk away because I'd been really smart with the money when it was Mm -hmm. a quarter of a million, but I went down to 45,000 and somebody knowing that my income had taken a big hit, they said, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm doing great. And they're like, but how do you feel about yourself? And I was like, they kept asking me all these questions. And I was like, what, what are you getting at? And they're like, well, you know, you're not making as much. And I was like, okay. And, you know, and and I was like, and they're like, but do you feel like you failed? And I was like, okay, this is you speaking from your insecurity. Yes. Because I confidently said no to that. And I'm okay with if I make zero or I make a million. Mm -hmm. Because you know, you'll rebuild. Well, first of all, I can rebuild because I did it once. I've done it twice. I've done it three times, whatever. If I want to. Yes. But the point is that does not define me at all. That was just money. Exactly. Right. Our soul, which is what you're talking Mm -hmm. about, was when we start putting labels on other people, Mm -hmm. what we're saying is our own lack of belief in ourselves. If we need to put people in a box. A hundred percent. I've never in my life. And I will, I will say this right now. I'll say it from years ago. I was frumpy looking when I was young. I've never once gone online or gone to a situation Mm -hmm. and thought, I want more of a body like her. I want to act like her. I want, I mean, I did say at one point, like, why do all these like parents that are together have money and they give their kids a car and I have no car, tell them money, whatever. But it's what, it's what's made me who I am today. It's how I can work on you. Yeah. Because you worked on you instead of putting all this outward energy. Yes, I didn't look at anyone else. And yes. that's why now when I do great things and I brag about myself and everybody else and I'm uh-huh. happy and it bothers people because they don't think like that. And I really do. I'm keep like being you. Yeah. Keep being you. <laughs> I've been trying. Yeah. A few years ago, prior to COVID, I had a lot of people that would critique me yeah. for like, they'd see me in the grocery store and I would just like have to be in a sweatshirt or, you know, like not frumpy, but not makeup. Oh yes. I'm like that you know? all the time. And the they'd be like, side you think, Lita. And they'd say things like, Lita, you think with your, with your position or your brand or your title or what you do, you know, fill in the blank that you would be. And then they would say what they perceive that I need to people be said that to you. Oh yeah. That but people really say, why, why, why do I get all the cool compliments? Right. But I realized what they're I saying. I just get unfriended and then followed. Like, oh, yeah. whatever. It's like um, the trash took itself out. Almost every time I put up a super religiousy post, I lose one or two friends and I'm like, thanks. Just made room for other people. Yeah, and that's, but that's how I see life. This is my point. So yeah. my parents were going through a divorce. You'll understand me a lot more when I tell you this very dysfunctional background with like parents fighting my little mm-hmm. Latina grandmother moved from Guatemala to raise us they were really never home I kind of like raised myself an old soul but I remember watching him finally like, mom that's okay you should just divorce him you guys aren't meant to be didn't bother me at all my dad left he goes I don't even want you in the divorce I'm like whatever that poor guy doesn't even know like he's being mean for no reason just, his daughter like weird. <laughs> from everything you were telling me before we started talking and that 
that is a God given gift. Exactly. I mean, like, Praise God for that because that was nothing in your environment should have given you nothing. You had I that. should have daddy issues. Yeah. I should have all these the issues. Beatitudes. They were like mm-hmm. being a badass, Michelle. That's <laughs> your gift. No, but like what's weird is I don't see myself as a badass. I literally see everybody else should be like this. I'm like, why do they think I'm yeah, so but no, and that's not the best definition. It's just like a funny like beatitudes, you know. No, badass, people do you know? say that. They're like, Are you doing something else? How? But, but it's like they don't realize given that that God given confidence to not be ruffled. Yes. That is, that's a wonderful thing. Cause people are always like, Lita, were you always as confident? <laughs> no. I have a right? funny story about that. So I did Botox for the first, I've never done anything like uh-huh. that's not natural, but I did start trying to do Botox because I worked at medical device sales and the Botox was free mm-hmm. and I didn't need it all the way till one time I tried it. So anyway, I'm like, do whatever up here, but this is the part I have little laugh lines. So I let them just inject me. I woke up. My whole entire eye was completely shut. <laughs> so I'm the girl that only 1% happens to you. Right, right, right. That's what happened to me. Uh-huh. And I was like, didn't even like really face me at all. Even though my husband's never said anything negative. He goes, you looked really scary. I was a little bit concerned when you can know <laughs> your eye all shut. And I literally go, well, I have like a fun party later. So I went and got surgical tape. And I flopped up my eye. <laughs> I pinned it here. I cut a little bangs. So I went like this. And uh-huh. I went over to the side. And I just like went out. Yeah, rocked the the. So my front teeth are fake. Oh, and from a bicycle accident, I flew thirty feet and landed on my teeth. Anyway, I was Ah. in a car accident later as an adult. Handled it very differently as an adult than I did as a kid. Anyway, um, I had a missing tooth for a few months there with a retainer on it, and I could flip it and made it. I made it like you guys look at Lita Green tooth. It's hilarious. But anyway, I dressed up as the pirate. Oh, I had an so eye funny. patch on the eye over it. it. You made fun of it. Oh, I had so much fun that I did not want to get it fixed because it was such a stick for what I do. Like, don't focus on the thing that's missing. Da, da, da. And my husband's like, you know, at our anniversary, he holds my hands and he's like, someday next year, I want to look across the table at my, cause I couldn't eat with it in at the table, my beautiful wife with all of her teeth. <laughs> and I was like, but Nathan, it's such a part of my speaking thing. He goes, I guess you'll just have to rely on your personality. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right? true. But you know, people, some people would hide away. Well, it's devastated exactly. with the Botox mishap or whatever, but mm-hmm. you did not let that stop you from mm-hmm. being you. And people that saw you at that party loved you more for it. Oh yeah. I've I'm gone sure. to sleep with my eyelashes glued on and went somewhere the next day. They're flapping off my makeup's Probably there's lipstick stained on my cheek and I wipe it a little bit and run off and yeah. I don't care what people Well, when people would so give me a hard time about people that. Say, you're so high maintenance, you're always put together. It's so funny because I hear what people say about me and they see right. me, but I know who I am. I'm like, yeah, but I can also but, go camping and not even look in the mirror for three days and I don't really care. But when people would give me a hard time about what they wanted me to look yeah. like, I would say, this is what you think mm-hmm. someone in that position should be. You're labeling me. Exactly. I can maintain me but I cannot maintain your perception of what you think I should be. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that outward projection mm-hmm. that gets people and it robs them of their confidence. How did you get like that? So were you always like this? Where you didn't label no, people? No, no. I, so well, did it I, well, I mean, I, I went through hell mm-hmm. and, and the atonement of Jesus Christ remade me. Mm-hmm. And as each piece was put back together, you know, the pieces were better than they would have oh, ever been. Right. So I just knew that all the only title that matters, the only label that matters is a child of God. Amen. And you have that. And the bum mm-hmm. in the street has mm-hmm. that. And the gay guy and the, nice. the, the, um, the murder on death row, mm-hmm. they all have that. And God loves each of us. And my job is just to love other people. Yes. Right. And if you hurt me too much, 
I'm not as good as God. I won't be 70 times seven before, you know, yeah. right. Yeah. Like there's a certain boundary that once that's crossed, then we're done. Mm-hmm. But, but I don't have to be mean to you. I can just walk away. Right. And you know, 99% of the people in life, you won't have conflicts with if you live with that mentality. True. And the 1% of those that you do have conflict with, most of them, you can resolve it. Some of them you can't, but there's only so much energy. And I have this way of like the core people you put the most effort into, mm-hmm. but if somebody violates trust, they get moved out. And so okay. if you're upset about what somebody said on social media, they're not a core person. My husband is the only person that gets to be as close to me as God. God's closer than my husband. That's a good, you know what I mean? And then as we move out in my life, you know, and so by how people, if people's opinions matter to me, if I respect them. That's so true. Yeah, me too. And, but when you put yourself out there for a lot of things, you're under the spotlight more. And I've been so blown away by how many people I trigger when I'm really such a nice person. I'm a nice person doing a hundred things. That's it. So like, if I like, oh yeah, we'll call later. And I don't, it's not because I'm rude at all. It's because I literally packed my schedule with, I got to go see my mom. I get my grandma sick. My kid needs to be going from dance. And then on my way, I'm literally calling people back that want to hire me. So that's like, right. But that's their expectation. I think a lot of times, like they see people who are doing a lot of stuff. They're like, Oh, if Michelle will do this for me, then my business will have this. And that's again, further putting things outside of yourself, mm-hmm. which is disempowering because mm-hmm. I've had people like, if you'll join my business, I know it'll do great. And I'm like, why do you need me? You have the ability to have exactly. your business do well. Yes. You don't need me to do that. Yes. And if you think you need me, then you're giving all of your ability Power to take care of your family. On my shoulders. Yes. And I don't want that responsibility. Yep. And I created a business on that responsibility because I go do closing and I call dead lead piles. Ah. Dead lead pile mastery is a, one of my workshops. So I yeah. am literally finding revenue for people that they couldn't do themselves. And I'm teaching them how to do it themselves while it. I'm doing it. Yes. So that's one okay, of my So programs. you've done insurance. You've done. So in a nutshell, I'm an out of the box. So I was in outside sales. Right. For many years until I moved to Salt Lake from mm-hmm. California. So I would network to get all my deals. I always did well in sales because it was all about networking and who you right. know and asking questions. And so sales was easy to me. Uh, doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work and just, you know, like going to meet another person that might need what you have. It's right. really that simple. Yeah. And so when I came here and everyone's like, oh, sales calls, uh, you know, they seem all friendly, but they're not comfortable picking up the phone, having that great conversation. My degree is in marriage. Is that something therapy. that... You found more in Utah that people are not comfortable picking up the phone? Well, I found here there's a, it's a state of entrepreneur, like entrepreneurs. Wait, what, what's the word? Entrepreneurialism. No, but there was another word I'm looking for. But yes, that, mm-hmm. but they also do many things, you know, and so they have many talents and they seem like they're going to be good at everything. But the thing I feel like that's the lowest on the totem pole is being hustling, making mm-hmm. that call, meeting that person, mm-hmm. because especially like as women, I think it's like, you know, you, you're reverent, you stay at home, you raise babies, you do your garden, you know, you do that, yeah. that uh-huh. well. So then you transfer to the work world and it's just, which is funny because in my experience, um, I went from making about 25,000 a year and within a year and a half, I was triple that. And everyone's like, how did you do it? And I'm like, I just worked like I did as a mom Yeah, in my business. Oh, same, yeah. same work thing, but there's like this block with people receiving money that I've noticed. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a block of receiving money. And then they feel like it's greedy, which obviously I've had to overcome my name, sales diva, sales, this sales, uh-huh. that, but I'm so glad. And I'll bring that back around later of why I'm glad I kept that name because it's like, first of all, it sounds like I'm trying to be this diva, but designer but you, diva. But you know what? It's who you I are am. fabulous. And what I go it's by hotness. 
I'm a diva. And I've walked in the room and people are like, you're not that hot. I'm like, just wait. You're hot. You, no, but they're, that's what they say. Why don't they say all these weird things to you? I don't know, because I'm starting to realize they only say them to me, and I don't say it to I you. Know. No, they it's not my back. So they talk about me when I'm oh, out there. So I'm lucky they say it to my face. Yeah, you are. I would rather <laughs> that. Yeah, because then I'm like, why would I not befriended and blocked? What did I do? Oh, that happens to me too. You so know? Funny. But it's just my family that I came from, the people yeah. I came from. I, but that's okay. I know why they don't like me. It's because I went from shy and broken to not. And so I've broken all the rules. Oh, yes. I have broken all and the rules. And I do rules. things outside of the box. People don't like that. They don't like people of color outside the lines. Uh-huh. But I'm a natural outside the line color because that's just who I am. I'm not right. fine. Clearly, you were born that way. And yes. I love it so much. Yes. I'm I like, well, ask so for much. forgiveness, not permission. Because, like, the line just broke. So I'm just going to run. Well, and then who's the one setting the rules? I mean, we came from a Victorian society. You come from a Latina society. Mm-hmm. It's totally different. California. Well, and Latinos, if you know, yeah, bring all the Latinos here. They work hard within one generation. They're killing it. We'll feed you. Yeah. They'll, they'll have amazing tacos. We'll hug you. Right. You know, we might flirt with you accidentally. What? You think no, but better? it's just a different culture. Like they're a hustle culture. Oh yeah. And you know, I just heard this, that like Mexico has passed up China in manufacturing quality. Oh. And it's, you can get hustles, right? So they, cause they are just like, we're not like just going to do the work. We're going to figure out how to do it better. Well, look at it, Mexico. Why do you think we like Cabo, Cancun? We like that environment. Right. Because we get such good service. They're yeah. running up and down the beach with sweat rolling down yeah. their backs. Like hustle. Yeah. Hustle. And they go yeah. out there again and they're there at 6 a.m. with the same attitude with the aura. Right. Michelle, como estas? And confidence. And I posture. literally have people get mad at me that they, that I just said some other podcast. Sorry, everybody. I'm boring you, but literally got mad at me that I've lost my culture. I don't speak Spanish. And I'm like, but I'm not Hispanic. Aww. Yeah. And I like, look like you could, I, I get that all the time. Yeah. Like, where are your people from? And I'm like, sorry, I don't really know, but I, and I don't look think I'm Hispanic and go and talk crap. And then I turn around and smash. I'm like, did your mother teach you to talk <laughs> woman that way? <laughs> Okay, so I I intend the poco, but my husband speaks Spanish. I mean, yeah. He's totally blonde, blue eyed, but he served Spanish in Michigan. And um, one time, these these two guys came over and they were like, I was you know hiring to do some painting up twenty feet up, uh-huh. and they were like, they look like they've got money. Let's charge them extra. There you go. <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? Even then, I respect the hustle. <laughs> and I will tell you about their culture. Some of them are multimillionaires. They'll be wearing mm-hmm. a T-shirt. They're in the back of the kitchen at their taco stand. Yep. And they have a lot of money. So you yep. never, ever, ever judge a book by its cover. Yeah, and it, they're they're smart. They've always got. Just like me, they think, oh, that hot and sexy job coming my way, and all the guys were shocked to say I'd say no. I'm yeah. the first girl to say no about everything. And they're like, dang, that's false advertisement. <laughs> I know. I have to work hard for you. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because you had respect for yourself, hundred percent. You know, actually, and that's why teaching girls to respect their own body versus teaching them that the religion says no, mm-hmm. that mom says hundred no, percent that they're going to be cut out of the family. Well, that all the things yeah, that we threaten 100%. with is not working. No, it works no, that you have your own inner. It, it's never worked. It's mm-hmm. never worked, and that's not what religion has in any culture mm-hmm. in any religion has ever said to girls. It's what the culture around that religion said. Mm-hmm. Because the religion, if you from Hinduism to Muslim to Christianity to LDS, mm-hmm. it is you have value. Exactly. You are special. You have a right to, to say no. You can have right. ten of my and I'll take it a step further, which you probably won't agree with. You can have five or ten of my types in a circle at three AM and we're all uh-huh. in the room. I know for a fact if I decide I don't want anything to happen, it's not gonna happen. Even if it's my type of people, or even if I was vulnerable, even if I really wanted someone, I wouldn't do that because it's out of character. Because mm-hmm. even if, for example, if I'm married, it's because I'm married. If I'm not married, it's because 
I don't just get that close that quick. Even if right. I wanted to, I'm like, I don't want to, no, I don't, don't want to play the that. part of the girl that would be that. I don't disagree with that. So all because of I think there's I'm... this idea out there that we're dogs in heat and we're just yes. going to fall into bed. Yes. No, we are individuals mm-hmm. who have a right, mm-hmm. but you know, the more we're telling, you know, through our movies and our books and our literature that it just happens. Mm, it doesn't just happen. No, it doesn't yeah. just happen. In yeah. fact, I told my daughter one time, she goes, what if dad ever had an affair? And, you know, she's like 13 mm-hmm. and one of her friend's parents are getting divorced because one of the parents had an affair. Mm, the affair thing here is huge. Like, uh, we didn't have an affair. Me and my husband are just like friends. So there's yeah. nothing weird. There's nothing You, you did a post that, yeah. yeah. And, and I did see something later that people were like hypothesizing stuff. I'm like, oh, guys, you know, and even if something so. had, it's none of their business. No, but I would talk about it. Yeah, but it's none of people's business. No, it's not. You know, because if, if like somebody did have an affair, let them work that out privately. Yeah. They don't need the whole entire world being like, wow, you t-, like, let's say in a sin culture or you like the repentance part, right? Like yeah. it's nobody's business when somebody makes a mistake. Well, what do you think I'd say about the affair? If I, if I'm having a moment and mm-hmm. I'm married and I'm enjoying the moment, yeah. you need to tell the husband or wife. Because the thing is, you won't have an affair if you have the chakra to open up your voice and communicate. That's why right. I, I'm not shameful for how I think or how I feel. Yeah. And I will talk about even that. The mm-hmm. most uncomfortable topic is being married forever and then feeling that. I would rather talk about it to him than be known as the girl that had this secret thing going on for two, three months. Right. With right. someone else's family person that's taken. Right. That to me is like, I why would you want to be the girl on the side Never. or the guy on the side Never. or whatever? But anyway, with the whole um, idea of, shame yes putting people in that it's it, go, it goes back to what we were talking about mm-hmm. that lack of self-esteem mm-hmm. that lack of honesty with yourself mm-hmm. but in religious cultures where they're telling people this is how you have to be it's just creating shame instead of what you actually are to be mm-hmm. you know actually who you are but why has no one questioned this so if we're all supposed to be like this how come the whole world is not like this and you can go back to adam and eve because you took the oh, apple well but- culturally i mean there's religions and cultures around the world that are still teaching people no this is sacred this is special right mm-hmm. and that's what religion is always taught but hollywood you know social media makes it look like everybody's having a sexually glamorous life but i was telling you how my daughter she said what would you do if dad had an affair oh yes and i would say the problem is not that he had the physical act of sex with somebody the problem would be that he opened the door yes right because that was when he chose to cheat Right. But it's not, you know, immediately from sea girl, man sees girl, women, woman sees man and they fall into bed. It is, you know, the hand touch, right. It's the the little glances, Mm -hmm. the little touching, I'll touch your leg. When did you think that's okay? And I feel bad about it. That's when, that's Mm -hmm. when the problem was. And you're saying that would never happen because Mm -hmm. I'm too honest. No, no, I just wouldn't. I, first of all, I wouldn't like a man that would try to do that with me knowing I'm married. That would turn me off. Well, it would turn right. me off that he's taken and he's trying to do something with me. That would turn me off. Right. But why it's not turning people off that they're the side girl, the back end girl, the because girl that we met you want, at church. Like we want outside validation. And if we are still alluring, we're attractive. And if we're attractive, we have value instead of getting our value from what really is. We're children of God. Yeah. And that all comes because they're not stepping into who they really are and being right. okay with expressing it. So right. I could have nothing ever again. And because I can be myself. You I mean nothing? Freedom. No sex. Like no sex, no dream right. person. I just want to make sure we're no, getting... just anything. No yeah. sex, no dream person's going to come yeah. save me. I'm never going to have a partner again. 
Okay. And I can be okay on my yes. own because I've worked on this to be able to have and your pointing thoughts. to your head. Right. Exactly. Yeah, my thoughts are right. Meaning if you're in your breath and you're sitting here, are you really that lonely? Do you really have to go act in desperation? You know, you have to go act in desperation exactly because you don't have someone. Right. And so that's why I feel like I but that's that needing single. validation, needing validation, yeah. neediness repels everybody, which goes back to your sales. Exactly. Neediness repels. What was what that? Thing? Neediness repels. What? What? The, it was so good. What you just said. Oh, our desperation is repelled. Oh, desperation repels. Yes. 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 And that's when you were like, oh my crap, if I don't make this sale, my children are not going to eat. Instead of just being like, I can make this sale, or I can make the next sale, and I will do the work to make it happen. Not only that, but nobody, it, that's a whole nother subject, but nobody really cares about you. I feel like people yes. think in the sales process or dating, mm-hmm. it's about me. They're going to think I'm pretty. I'm going to tell them all about my exes. I'm going to tell them I am amazing, <laughs> yeah. right? Because knowing all about your exes is so That might help. It might not. Whatever. Yeah. So you yeah. don't even know that that personality would have been turned off by the way you handled that. That mm. personality would probably, like, I kind of wanted 5%. She gave me 90. You have to know who you're speaking with, which is why I train the way I do personality science, gender. Mm. I start with that because if you don't understand who you're talking to and what they might want to hear to get them to feel comfortable to move forward with you in any way, shape or form, it could right. be like a fight, an argument, a, a divorce situation yeah. happening. I believe that I could get rid of attorneys and say, I'm firing you. I'm firing you. I got these two. We're going to work it out amicably. I feel like another hustle for you. (laughs) Well, that's a part of my relationship program. I help with a lot of that, but it's sales and relationships are the same. And you were just saying before we got on, before we got on this podcast too, that like when you're, when you're good at what you do, you could do anything. Yes. The multiple streams. So I, everyone's like, what are you up to? You're always doing all these things. I'm like, I have a program that I do sales for all these industries behind the scenes. I get profit share. So when I get profit share, I'm going to push and push all of these brands. And I've gotten to know the brand. So I become like, it's like my baby. It's like I'm a partner in their business. It'd be like a partner of your makeup brand. And I wear it every day. And I love this lipstick. Like it'd be so easy for me to say, oh, I'm wearing Coco Canal number five, whatever it is, because that is my, because I've gotten to love it. So for me, I don't think sales, I am really just being myself. Like if I have a good hair girl, I'm like, oh my goodness, she did this for $60. The other girls, they were 125, but the blonde matches. <laughs> everyone's like, you're always selling. I'm like, that's my personality. Right. And then I can make revenue by connecting people because their personality is good at it. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, I'm in the right. Yeah. And a lot of women we were talking yes. about have a hard time receiving money. And I've literally seen people shut down revenue opportunities because they're like, well, I don't want to out earn my husband or I don't want to. And I'm like, what the crap? Because my husband got hit by a bus, had a massive heart attack, died in my arms, what? came back to life. So I have no problem receiving money. Yeah. because you But I'll to- tell you, it fixed my money problems overnight. Yeah. Because I used to think that way. I used to think, oh, you know, because my family would say, we're not really capable of making real money. And I would, where did that come from? I have no freaking idea. Because I came from a different background. Like, you want to go to the movies? Go vacuum. Right. Well, I, I came from a single Latina mother and she was like, you yeah. want money? I don't have five bucks. Go figure it well, out. It's, I, it came, I, I know in my family, it came from the fact that my father feels very threatened if he's not the most successful person in the room. Uh, so he kept the room not crowded. Got it. Right. So, but I, you know, but do you see a different background? So then, but yeah. I get people judge me saying I'm money hungry because my background is different and you're getting people to see what I mean. Yeah, this is yeah. my point. Why but so that's well. why we have to look at where we came from to analyze what is true. 
that, you know? And then when I discovered religion, it was like, well, if God wants me to pay a 10th of my income, he Mm -hmm. wants me to be successful Mm -hmm. so I can help do more good with that 10th of the income. Mm -hmm. And then you read scripture and it's like, God blesses people with, he, you know, Job, he blessed them with money, right? Mm -hmm. He keeps blessing his beloved people with resources. Mm -hmm. And when you have resources, you have more time to go to synagogue or church or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm not seeing the pattern that money's bad. It's not bad. You know, but as soon as it's my the way you approach making money is bad. Right. When if you're, you're willing greedy, to cheat and lie less. or whatever. Or like it, you'd rather not listen to their story. Like I have nothing. And then you still want to take their last 40 because you want to get a sale. That is not what a right. salesperson That's is. what you back away yes. from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I literally love that I came on the scene 14 years ago to teach sales trainings because back Back then it was all reading a sales book, get them to nod five times and go in for a close. That's what the sales books were all about. And I'm like, that's not how it works at all. It's like, I'll oh just my, get closer get to nod five times. <laughs> no, there's been books. It's like, and then you see the body language. They nod once, they nod twice. And you come in and you close. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like that as they shake their head at you? That to me, yeah. that that's why people don't like sales. Because if you read some of these books, that's so funny. they're tricking you. They're yeah. playing mind tricks on you. To right. me, sale is a... Let's go talk to enough people because people are looking. We all buy. We don't like to be sold to, but everybody buys. I'm going to go to Target and want one thing. They're buying or selling. Yeah. Yeah. So then why is it bad? And no matter what, like if I buy this cup Uh that you have here. Oh, this is an expensive cup. This is a mug from a hospital. I call them my hospital. Okay, but someone made a profit off that. And they probably made a killer profit. And then the person that put the name on it made a profit off that. Uh Uh-huh. The person that put the paint that made it green made a profit off that. Right. But all of a sudden you're in network marketing and you want to share something and you might make a profit. They're like, oh, that girl's greedy. Right. So they'd rather a big company get it than their own friend. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's total. It's well, and typically network marketing because less people touched it there it's a better quality product you know yeah and who cares where it comes from if you like the vitamins take the vitamins and if your friend gets paid bonus that's how i feel but i'm in a network marketing company so i am am too because network marketing is the same as sales it's the same as regular business and and it's positioned differently yeah it's just Mm -hmm. less investment Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i you know i have a team of women that those but that's been the biggest problem Mm -hmm. is the women that are like i want something and not just women or men right but I think with women in particular, like I, they want the extra money, but they're not willing to be just com- uncomfortable to do, you know, to ask for the sale. To that, ask for- that brings me to my program. This is why I tackle the personality testing and all that first. And then I do the subconscious mind reprogramming. Mm-hmm. So you kind of like go into therapy without really knowing it. Cause I try to figure out why you think the way you do. Right. 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 And I help you come up with a way that would make you feel more comfortable doing the thing that you said you wanted to do. You need to be coming to the national speaker association. Yeah. Cause the sales, you know, is one of the most sought for speaking oh yeah yeah i have a lot to say on that i know you do i still have a lot of time well you know if they're paying you enough you'd be willing to do it you'll let me know i'm always open right and when something's important to you you find time exactly it's not you find next i always say is is your discomfort at that greater than Mm -hmm. your need Mm -hmm. and if your discomfort is not as big as your need then why would you not Exactly. And right. if you look at all my businesses, it's exactly in alignment with what my passions are. Yeah. So I have found a way to really know myself first, to know business very well inside and out second, and then find ways where I can do all of it while it pays me later so I can have a lifestyle, which my lifestyle is all about being with my kids and spending quality time with people so I can yeah. touch them, hug them, be with them, play games with I them. all time. Right. Yes. Not just, I got to go. I'm here, there. And then that like, and if I want to go volunteer and sit in Africa and really like, 
like sit with a group of people. That's what I do for the homeless. I basically do these business courses and I'm trying to help them how to think. And I'm like, you know what? I can't get these them off drugs. That's like, it's, that's the hardest part. But if they're willing, I got right. But if people are hopeless, there's not a whole lot you can do, but there's some, but at some point Mm -hmm. hope can creep in there. If it's round goodness. Yes. You know, and they don't have money for mentors. They didn't have a good family. Right. And then everyone's just judging them on top of that. But the problem is they're down and out mentally. They can't right. even put their foot in front of the other. So there's got to be different. I, I wanted different professionals to help them. It's not just about the two things they say they have plenty of is food mm-hmm. and clothes. Cause that's what everyone gets. Yes. Oh, I help the homeless. Here's food, here's clothes, and they move on with their life. What right. about using your skill set? Right. I wanted right. to go to the prisons and I go, I can help this drug epidemic because they get out and they either go into people go into stripping, they go into drug dealing to right. big chunks of money. Right. We, why don't we do it with sales? I can yeah. help them come up with a business and I'll help them get chunks of money with things that people want. Things with their natural. I'll go to the prisons with you. Yeah. I would love yeah, that. That'd be a great, you know. I wanted to do, I think there should be a TV show on that. Like they get out of prison. Where do they go? They go to the people that they know mm-hmm. the people that they know weren't good people for them. Right. And now they need to because make a big we all chunk want a tribe. We all exactly. want our community. We all need people that are, are there for us. Mm-hmm. And the only people that have been there for you are negative influences. That's your guys. That's your bros. That's your right. people. Yeah. But what if I taught them, Hey, you don't have to go and, and do that transaction of the drug to make three grand. Mm-hmm. What if you come with me? We test you. I find out what your natural skill set is. I create a business for you. Go out in the field and get your first 20 clients because that's what I do for a living. Right, right. So if I did that for people, the problem is for me is I'm a single mom. I can't do so many things that take a lot of time without money. Right, right. So then I end up, I have to spend all my time with my paying clients. So it limits my time, but this and is why financial freedom is important. Cause then I can yeah. do it pro bono. And we that's have all why I world. opened up my charity is because then it allows people to sponsor me going and doing the sexual abuse prevention. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yep. Because people need to give their charitable dollar. Oh, but you're so selfish. You're taking money. No, I'm okay with that. See what I'm I mean? okay with that. And here's the thing because I was money is needed to sustain life. hundred percent. And I've gone from being hungry in America, which does not mean you're going to starve to death, but being hungry in America to having enough money that I've been able to donate a fair amount of my time. And that's true abundance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And be able to have my kids go with me to do yes. refugee work. Yes. And to sit and talk to somebody who escaped um, because our government abandoned Afghanistan with the clothes on their back, they're holding onto their baby, seeing a trampled baby on the ground, hoping she wouldn't slip from her child. Ugh. Like you're when that your kid hears a story like that, they're like, God bless America. Right. Absolutely. And they're, they're going to vote differently the rest of their lives because they've heard that is more important than like, you know, taking them to grave sites, which is, you know, important too, but it helps them to realize what is available to people in this country. Oh yeah. And they're, they're not going to be a part of the problem going forward. hundred percent. Right. I could never give my kids that kind of lesson, but that's financial freedom. We need to adjust all the classes in schools too, because mm-hmm. there's so many other subjects they need to learn. Right. That's what we're doing the teenpreneur workshops. Like there's different yeah. things we're doing for teens because our kids these days are so much smarter than we give them credit oh, for. Yeah. And we're putting these little, oh, he's only an 11 year old. He can't see this. Well, why can't you talk about sex to an 11 year old, a 10 year old? Well, first because of all, might the internet it. is. Yes, exactly. The internet is between eight and 13 yeah. that they're being exposed to this. And so I'm always saying to parents, who do you want to be the one to frame this conversation with your child? Mm-hmm. Because if you know what box to put it in, oh, I don't want to do this. I do want to do this. I feel good about this. This is my body, right? Those are all the boxes around Mm -hmm. sexual stuff. 
you know, to go, oh, well, I'm not going to do that to a girl because that's not respectful. Exactly. And oh, I know talk to about put it, that into the, I don't do that. And then they see porn and porn's looking like it's not respectful. They all they right. have otherwise, but they that. see that woman's face and she's acting like she's enjoying it. So they go, oh, she must that's it. okay. But if you've already framed it with your child that they know that that is not respectful because mm-hmm. we're watching it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I took it a step further. I, I explained to them, there is kids that go missing. Oh, they yeah. end up being drugged up and they're forced to do sexual okay. favors mm-hmm. and that turns into porn. And so by us watching it, we are condoning the dark side of a beautiful thing called sex. Yeah. Hundred percent. I, I bring that so up. So you know that right now there are eighty three thousand children that are missing. I know. that yeah. came across the border, and our government gave them to different people, and they don't know where they are because a child in this country is worth five times more per rate than oh, they would I, be I on south even. of the. This border. is why I can't do that work so close because I'm too much of an impact. Yeah, well, this is it's why I'm good for it because people tell me these things, and I get like, I want to like help impact yeah. it. But no, I want to help, but I just want to like, I, I can't even wrap my head around these monster older people doing this to little children. Well, as that mom, have, not only did they lose their mom, can you imagine? I don't have mom and dad to make me a burrito. Mm-hmm. They're going straight to the scary person. Well, and being sold the and being reason treated, like what we all can do to change this is we are never, we have to get very clear society. We are never going to accept pedophilia as an orientation. Exactly. But who accepts it? Oh, they're trying. There's a movement for that. It's, it's called MAPS, Minor Attractive Persons. They're trying to soften what it means. Why? Because there are people, okay, think about, okay. The, night, the money, right? Well, there's money, but you've had orgies with so-and-so. You've had sex with everybody. Sex has become meaningless. Sex is just two bodies rubbing up against each other. And now you get to have the new adventure of sex with the child. See, yeah, I just don't know. I just, this, I have it as but such you a beautiful thing. You know? I, I'm the same way. I'm totally the same and way. Not because of religion, just because it's the because most it's intimate human, thing that you're you can human. do. Yeah, exactly. That's human, why I get... hasn't lost your soul. Yeah. But I have le- I have investigated this side of things, and it is literally just like the next thing they think on the next sexual spectrum, and they're just more open about mm. sex than we are, and we're just so silly because we're not really exploring our full identities. They've got all these beautiful rationalizations around it that sound so good until you realize we're talking about having sex with kids. Mm. And I do maturation programs, and we're talk I've talked to these people with my own. Good. My son missed his because of COVID, so they never did it. Yes. Well, I, I do them for kids. Good. But they literally were like, well, you have to be teaching children to masturbate by eight. What? They need to be having sexual experiences before puberty and the risk of pregnancy. So before a boy is making sperm and before a girl could become pregnant. Well, my son is, is 12, 13. They're already all talking about wanting to kiss girls, but it's more like, no, but are dinner. you sit, literally sitting there going, you should do this with a girl. Absolutely not. I'm they're, telling them they're, they're doing, doing they're, they're having a maturation programs for 11 year olds, which is, I do maturation programs with old school, yeah. right? They're doing it with, this is how you have sex. And they think they're helping the sexual. Oh, so they're basically helping them along. Like it's okay to go and do all this right now. Right. Type thing. But instead again, of like, the emotional consequences of that. Yes. The, forget about the spiritual consequences first of all women are always going to pay the biggest price absolutely right yeah because lots of reasons we've gone for a whole entire podcast about but we as women we Mm -hmm. know that because we're empowered women who have control of our Mm -hmm. own selves our Mm -hmm. own minds our own bodies and you give yourself to someone that is taking a piece of who you are Mm -hmm. and you can never get that back except through the atonement of jesus christ and that's why i feel like i have a strong um self-esteem 
yeah. because I never gave that away to someone who disrespected me. Right. And sense? you can get that back. But when you're five, six, mm-hmm. seven, having been raped 20, 30, 40 Ugh. times a day, what's amazing is there are women like that and boys like that who become vibrant adults. And we need to have more of that. But these kids that are being molested and then get churned up in the machine to become abusers. Because one thing we don't talk about is that sexual abuse, it feels good to have your body touched. And the abuser says to you, well, you like it. And you're like, oh, well, it did feel good. I must have wanted it. Mm. And they're manipulating, manipulating and twisting that child's natural physical responses to manipulate them to accepting it. And they're trying to, they've already lowered the age of consent in California. There's a bill that just went through to 14. I heard about that. That is absolutely disgusting. Right. And at 14, you are not capable. Frankly, at 18, you're not fully capable. But, you know, I'm not going to propose lowering it below that. But if you sexualize a child enough, yeah, they want it at 14. Yeah, they want it. Of course. And yeah. you even need to talk to but kids they're about not that. Aware it's of something the that's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful, it's meant that way. Yeah. And so as that, I told my son, yeah. I said, son, you're too sexually immature to even be good at it. Exactly. If you want to. And people are like, why would you say that to your son? I'm like, because he does not have the sexual maturity to be good at it. Well, then they're so, going to watch porn though. If they can't, who are they going to talk to? So who do you think, who right. do you think they're going to learn but, from? But, but if they don't learn from you, they're going to learn from 100%. And so we've got to get crazy comfortable having these conversations. And you know what? If you're comfortable talking to kids about sex, you're going to be comfortable making the sales call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have to be comfortable doing everything because it's just yeah. the word. Right. Like the word that everybody's feeling anyway. So here's, yeah. the, here's the elephant in the room that all those kids have already been like, I heard the word sex. I heard like oral penetration. I heard blowjobs. I've never talked to my mom about anything. They get so confused. They're putting the story together right. wrong. And they go to their mom stories. and they say, mom, yeah. I heard blowjobs. They just, Where did you hear that? That's word? inappropriate. You don't ever say that yeah. again and go to your room. Yeah. And then what are they going to do? That's shame. That's shame. And now when they finally do it, they're going to look at porn. Well, the people well, and it felt great. Yeah, it felt and it amazing. felt great. Yeah. You know, a little bit of masturbation felt yeah. good. Right. Yeah. So you've got to be able to talk to your kids. Oh, about my kids things. like, mom, I'm getting little hairs there. I mean, we have such yeah. an open conversation. Aiden's like, mom, I like kissed a girl on a truth or dare. I go, well, why are you doing that? You don't even like her. And he's like, because all the guys were like, you'd be too scared yeah. to do then it. Then you get to have a conversation like, about, he told me yeah. all about it. And I go, but that's just weird, Aiden. You have to, I made my have... son apologize to the girl when he did that same exact thing. We're like, we're having the same kid. Yeah. But get, yeah, but yeah. guess who's the one that's pushing these agendas, not the boys. Yeah. The girls, the girls. Okay. The Michelle, girls, you will a not girl believe told this. my son, I will suck your blank at 13 at the bounce house. Okay. So my son, when he was 15, that. a girl texted my son that offer. So I'm like, oh, there you go. crap. So I call mom because I'm thinking I'm lead agree. I can have tough conversations. Yeah. So I call mom and mom's like, oh. I said, there's a conversation between the kids and I kind of threw my son on the bus a little bit, even though I grilled him separately, you know, but I was just kind of trying to like, cause I assume she might cry. She might be upset. She might have denial. Right. But she could take the kid's phone, see it for oh, herself. Yeah. Of course I had screenshots. And so as soon as I say, you know, she's, um, an, a, an offer was made to my son and she goes, Oh, did she offer him sex? <gasps> Which was not the response I thought she was going to have. And she started saying things like, but they're so cute together. And if anything happens, you and Nathan are honorable people, <gasps> me and me and my husband. And I ripped into this lady and basically was like, your daughter will have no more contact with my son because you are unable to have boundaries. Yes. Because your daughter is not being taught and I'm not willing to exactly to do this. Yeah. And a couple of weeks later, the daughter ended up getting shipped off to school. And I'm pretty sure dad found out. 
because dad had a very different attitude. Um, but it was just shocking to me that she's just like, because she said, what can you do? I'm like, what can you do? This is how they're getting religious people to lay down. What can you do? You can teach your kids to love God, to love themselves, to have values and that they are worthy of standing on them. That's what you can do. But there are some brains that do not grasp what we teach them the same way. And that is why the atonement exists. Exactly. I have two different kids and it's hilarious because I already know my daughter's going to be rule abiding, sit front and center, listen Uh, like her mom. As many girls are. Yep. Many girls are. And then, so, so you, you find them at where they're at, right? Right. So you play their same game based on their personality. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if it's, if you think about it, when you approach a person, we can say we're parents and this is a hierarchy of what, how yeah, it goes. No. But there's some kids that don't care no. about that. And no. I'll tell you right yeah. now, my son is not scared that I'm mom. I could take his phone. He yeah. loses his phone. He throws a fit and he's, he's over it. Well, that's why it we're doesn't here stop him from doing it's to learn. Yes. It's to learn. And that's why we have a redeemer is so that when we, when we learn the wrong way, <laughs> we can learn. And you better you believe know? it's not just the consequence. It's the explaining. Mm-hmm. You know what I did to explain sex? I'm like, okay, just put it to you that way. If having a baby and out of wedlock doesn't scare you, how about this? I opened up the human sexuality book and I showed genital warts. <laughs> That's all I needed to do. Yeah. And it's like, well, please show me. I'm like, that's what happens. Yeah. You just start doing stuff. First it's kissing, then it's mm-hmm. this, then it's that. Right. Then you're just unprotected. You're doing right. random things. And, and I approached it with respect to her. And respect. Oh yeah. That yeah, was, that, like, was that was the thing for my son. But okay, this, we're having too much fun. Cause I'm yeah. sure we're, <laughs> I have no idea because we're having so much fun. We'll yeah. just have to have you on again. Um, but I love how you brought all these different ideas together. We've got parenting. We've got conversations with our children, conversations with our clients, conversations with yourself, all going back to being who you are. Yes. Because not everybody's going to be like you and I. They're like, ah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, just like, I want to go wait. Do you have a party? I woke up. Yeah. You know, especially now that I'm empty nester. Let's do it. You know, but not everyone's going to be like that. But what's important is if you discover who you are. Yep. Right. And discover who you are, then you're going to be comfortable around being with others that have discovered who they are and you can share the space, even though you're completely different people. Yeah. And in fact, you probably wouldn't even be comfortable with people who aren't any other way. So even if you're quiet, you're going to enjoy being around people that are loud because you're comfortable with you. And if you're quiet, but you're comfortable in your skin, I'm going to enjoy you anyway. People yeah. that are hard for me to be around are people that don't know who they are right? because they're going to take me wrong. They're going to be uncomfortable around me. Right. And so therefore it doesn't really jive. So right. that's why when they self-elect. Yes. No, yeah. that's why they say it's hard to find your tribe. It's true because it's lonely at the top. You know mm-hmm. that that's saying it's because you've done the work. You're not you're not gossiping anymore. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. And all of a sudden you find yourself up here. You can go on trips, you can do this, you don't right. have to ask for permission. You know who you are, you're not you're not worried about being there and here. And all of a sudden these people are like, Why are you up there? You're supposed to be married with kids mm-hmm. gardening. That's where your job is, right? But you know what I love about what you're saying here too, is that how you show up, you know, the phrase, how you show up in one thing is how you show up in everything, right? Money is just a symptom of doing good work. Yes. And you said that. Yes. That is not the And money's flying in the hands of other people. For all of you that are sitting there going, yep, that's me. Money's evil. I don't, I feel greedy when I want too much. It's currency and it's flying in the hands of someone else if you don't go get yours. Right. Because this money is going to go somewhere. Everybody's spending money. So why don't you believe in yourself so much to do what you love, do what you're good at, make a difference in this world. And hustle. worth it. Yeah. And hustle too. Hustle. Put that one in because that's that massive action. I think that is the thing that a lot of people miss. Like they're willing to find their passion, but you've talked about you're willing to do the work. My whole business is around people that don't hustle. 
and showing them how easy it can be based on training, testing their mind, body, soul to, to show them who they really are and what's possible and then doing what's possible with them till they get it so that they're comfortable so that they Love can it. earn the money easily without feeling guilty and without working too many hours, right? Work yeah. smart, not hard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Michelle, you are amazing. Say your last name again. Michelle Masivic. Michelle Masivic. Sales Diva. Sales Diva. will have all the information how you can contact Michelle in the show notes. You guys follow her, but do not send her any hate because we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no hate and no random hey baby yeah none of that is just the right yeah yeah guys we don't like like that you know friends first yeah um men we are not we are not and we're not there there yeah so many men that think that's a thing it's like it's not it's not a thing for us anyway thank you so much for listening thank you you're awesome i love talking to you we can talk for another eight hours we haven't covered it we could we could we just be like oh uh, thank you for being on this episode. So much for me. Awesome. I appreciate you. You were too much fun. <laughs>